all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Uh, just so the audience, uh, so we so we reveal a little more of ourselves. Our transparent. We had already started the episode, and then the cats started fighting, and yeah. knocked down our soundproofing. Yes, our wonderful, high-quality soundproofing. <laughs> Which, by soundproofing, <laughs> we mean an old comforter that we don't use anymore going over the door. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so... We run a high quality organization. Yes, here, we do. You know, um, housekeeping. Nothing but the best. Yeah, n- nothing but the best for our audience. Uh, speaking of our audience, I wanted to call out a bunch of awesome listeners who have been interacting with us. Um, we heard from Teddy, Teddy the lady, again. Teddy the lady mail carrier. Yes, that's right. The lady mail carrier, <laughs> not, as in she a, she delivers your mail. Mail M A I L, not L E. Not yeah. a mail carrier, right? And Teddy. That, yeah. <laughs> and also Emily H, who I I never know if well I prefer not to call people out by their last names because sure. I mean I don't know you never people. know yeah um, who uh, sent a great email and that included a bunch of suggestions so we've been getting some really great topic suggestions that we will definitely be covering and when we do cover your topic or the topic you suggested not that you caused the disaster um, <clears throat> I we will definitely call you out you never know there might be a listener one day that you know, <laughs> Unbeknownst to us, like, oh, we're talking about somebody who used to listen to our show. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That would be horrible. It would have to be a pretty recent one. Yeah, it would be. It would be. <laughs> if, we, if we stop hearing from Teddy, the mail carrier. <laughs> Teddy, you're going to have to let us know you're doing okay every week. <laughs> All of you must check in once a week. <laughs> um, also, we've had some good Facebook interaction with um, Elena, Roger, Kamara, Virginia, Alex, and... Quinn slash Quincy. Quinn Quincy, let me know which name which you, you prefer. prefer. Yes. It goes by Quincy on Facebook, Quinn on Twitter. On Twitter, yes. So, yeah, I just want to make sure we're calling you by your preferred handle. And also Bethany on Facebook, who correctly identified that the journalist that I was thinking of um, in the Hepburn episode, last week's episode, or two weeks ago two at weeks this point ago. episode, yeah. um, uh, who had the, the um, blood clot in his leg was David Bloom. You remember him? He was with, ugh, I want to say NBC. I, I, I he had, I think, kind of like white floppy hair or know. gray floppy hair. Anyway, I'll show you a picture of him at some point. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so bell. Bethany was absolutely right. That's who I was thinking of. So I was David thinking, Bloom? Yeah. I, I said David Gregory, but he's alive. He is alive. Yeah, so that, that was not him. Um, also, a couple of pod shout-outs to our hashtag Pottern family. Um, Ariel is restarting Midnight Under the Mid- Mur- Midnight Under the Murder Sun. I did it. I think I said that before too. <laughs> Murder Under the Midnight Sun, her Alaskan true crime I podcast. Mean, Midnight Under the Murder Sun works. <laughs> I guess it does. I mean, it's it just does. not the name of her no, podcast. Don't no. search for that. And also, or she create started- it for yourself. It's, it's out there. It's available. <laughs> also, she started um, a new podcast that I, I want to listen to called WTF Nature. Okay. Which is just like covering weird animals and weird natural phenomena. There's plenty of that. Yes. That, that's another uh, subject that, or a topic that you'll have endless subject material. Right. The weirdest, um, or a very, like it, it left an impression on me as far as weird animals go was always the anglerfish. Those things are weird. The, the first thing that I thought of, just because I saw a video of it the other day, is a kangaroo is kind of a weird animal, if you think about because it. Because of the pouch? Well, and because it just hops on two legs. Hop on the <laughs> and I And I actually have had kangaroo. That's, aw. Well, I, yeah, They're this was cute. like 12 years ago. I don't and know. they carry their little babies in their little pouches. I don't know what I had. I don't know if I had a baby, a mom, or a male. I'm hoping it was a male. Who knows? Anyway... <laughs> It uh, it's uh, 
It tasted like deer meat. It tasted like venison. Oh, like a game yeah, meat? It's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a wild animal. Okay. So when I, you can kind of taste like the blood a little bit. You really uh, can. Like, in, it tastes different. In my pre-gin days, my pre-vegan days, I don't know that I ever ate much game meat. I know I had venison once when I was a kid. Like, my parents gave it to us, call it or, or not really calling it what anything, like saying what it was, and then they're like, oh, did you like it? Oh, that was venison. Which is deer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I never had it all that often because I didn't hunt, um, and neither did anybody in my family, but I grew up in Please a place... I grew up in a place where a lot of people did, right. and everybody mm-hmm. knew somebody that had a freezer, literally, like an outdoor... Not an uh-huh. outdoor, a garage freezer. Right, like a chest freezer. Full of deer meat. Oh. So... <laughs> It was, right. it, was, it was always out there. Yeah. And I'd, I'd have it from time to time, and yeah. I thought it was good. Okay. Probably still is. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Shall we talk about something we can agree on, like beer? Yes. Yes. Well, not my beer. No, not your beer. <laughs> Cheers. But my beer is the Brewprint out of Apex, Caldimentum Benedictus Trappist-style quadruple. For anyone who knows beer, you know quadruples are strong. Yeah. This one's a 14 percenter, so I am sipping very slowly, attempting to, because it's deceptively Can I, smooth. Uh, try you want another? Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is very smooth for being for a 14 percent beer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's dangerously smooth. Yes, so I have to be careful. This has to be at least half full by the time. Because it's We're a fourteen percenter, they should probably make it taste terrible, just so that you don't wind up drinking more than one. <laughs> no, you could drink several. <laughs> you could drink. Probably... If you drink two of those, you'd be in. The, oh, uh, man! Uh, not great shape. No, <laughs> no, because that's the equivalent of drinking like this is the equivalent of drinking three. Equi- I was going to say beers, three so. or four. Yeah, yeah. So hence the. That's like a. That's like almost five Miller Lights. Well, that's light beer too. So, anyway, are you ready for this week's story, this week's topic? I am. Do you remember my hint from last week? I never remember your hints. I'm okay. sorry. Um, so, my hint was... Ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do now. I do remember you saying that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... It's about Warren Zevon. Well, that was your I'm, joke last time. Let's not repeat all our jokes. Because <laughs> I just heard them today because I edited the episode. I know everybody was thinking the same thing I was, though. I know they were. Well, they already heard it. Yes. So, but more seriously, what do you think I'm talking about? Are you talking about London? Yes. Okay. So That was my next guess. Okay, so now do you know of any... This is a pretty big, big one. Um, I would say... I would want to say generally kind of well known. Not necessarily hugely so, but... Can you give me a... Category or something? An era, time. An era, 50s, 1950s. London. I have no idea. It's... Okay. It's post-World War II, I know that. Yes. Um, I mean, a fire of some kind, maybe? I don't know. You're not terribly far off. It is about um, the air quality... Oh. This is the story of the Great Smog of London. I have heard about this. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but I thought, um, never mind. Okay. <laughs> no, I was joking. I was just going to say, I, I thought that uh, humans don't have anything to do oh, with. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah, I'll bet we will. <laughs> All right. So between December 5th and December 9th, 1952... An estimated 12,000 deaths. What? Yes. And 200,000 medical complications were caused by severe air pollution in London. Yeah, 12,000. How, how many days was that again? Uh, four, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, five, five days. days. What the fuck? I know. 12,000 people. T- Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a... Uh... Now, that is an estimate, and it is up to 12,000 sure. people. Guesses go between 8,000 and 12,000. And again, it's one still. of these that affected a lot of people. <clears throat> yes. Yes. It, it could have killed somebody five years later. We will get to that. Who would have lived another 20 years. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those kind of things. You can't put an accurate no. number on it. No. Mm-hmm. No. 
So before we get into the specifics... You're fucking kidding me. Just over a five-day span? Yes. That's how bad this small... But we're... Just wait. We're going to get to all of this. I, I have a feeling there's going to be a smoke break at some point, because I'm really interested in this, and I, I can tell there's a lot of information on it. So do you see the irony in taking a smoke break while we're talking about deaths from air pollution? I do. <laughs> But I'm not in London in 1952 uh, between December 5th and 9th. Mm-hmm. So I'll okay. be I'll be okay. <laughs> okay. I'll make it. I'll make it back inside. So before we get into the specifics about this particular pollution event, um, I'd like to talk about smog in general. So what is smog? Oh well, exactly. the The thing is, like. I, f- I feel like, well, obviously, air pollution is still very much a problem, in, especially in certain parts of the world. And in certain parts of our country, in certain parts of the United States, like, say, L.A. is really well known for its smog and stuff. But I personally haven't, to my knowledge, like, lived in an area where that was a major concern. I definitely never have. So it's, like, not something that I'm super familiar with, like, air quality ratings and stuff. I know probably some of our listeners are much more used to that sort of thing. My entire adult life, I've lived in what you could probably categorize as small to mid-sized cities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, Raleigh is a mid-sized city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's not tiny, but it's not a huge metropolitan no. area either. But, like, Greenville would be considered, like, a small yeah. city. Yeah. Smallish. Yeah. Um, so, I've never lived in an area like where there's, big... like, a couple of million people. Well, you know? I lived in Miami, but Miami doesn't have much in the way of, like, pr- production industry. Sure. Which is a major... <laughs> they have the healthcare industry. <laughs> well, healthcare and a lot of finance. Miami's yeah. like the gateway to Latin America when it comes to um, banking Co- and stuff. Oh, I was going to say cocaine. Uh, well, but you're right on too. banking too. <laughs> now, there are a lot of car emissions in South sure. Florida. There's a huge well, number of cars. Part of that is but... probably it's uh, like... I don't know. Whatever. I was going to say that I'm I'm guessing like the Gulf breeze has something to do with maybe the air quality. Maybe, and maybe like it helps keep yes, things clear out. things yeah. out here maybe, and there. Maybe that, that could be the case. Um, also, like I was born in 84 and I, I forgot to look up like when the Clean Air Act in the U.S. came into I'm, play. I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. 1996. That late? Yeah. I thought it was earlier than no, that. They I'm, started taking measures in, like, the 70s, right? Because that was, like, the environmental movement was really gaining some steam. Actually, you're right. I think I'm getting that confused. I think Nixon passed the Clean, Clean Air Act. Really? I think he did. Because he created the EPA. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. I think he might have done that, too. Okay. Anyway. Well, I, you guys can can write in and, and correct and, us on and this. And we'll, and we'll, we'll look, look this up, up <laughs> for ourselves because yeah. I'm getting two different... Acts or... Movements. I think what I'm thinking of with Clinton is he signed an emissions act. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, regulation. Yes. An emissions regulation. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know different states have different... Because now that I think about it, the Clean Air Act had, at that time, more to do with New York City than it did with L.A. Oh, okay. Because New York City had a bad uh, pollution problem, too. Okay. In the yeah, er- that in makes the, sense. In the early 70s. That makes sense. Um... So, so yeah, anyway, so I looked into, because I was just not familiar with sort of the problem of air pollution and sort of its background and what is it and everything, I decided to look into it a little bit. So, obviously, especially in Western countries, especially in the United States, it's a lot more, pollution is a lot more regulated, or the environmental quality is a lot more regulated than it used to be, even though now, thanks to Scott Pruitt and his friends, <laughs> for us, it's we're kind of oh, they're, um, they're regressing. Work, they're working on rolling back to as far back as they can go. <laughs> right. So, anyway, um, it still is not what it used to be. No. Like, Not so, even close. No. So... Let's dig into what what smog really is. <laughs> but again, they're trying to get back there. <laughs> well, so smog is a form of air pollution. That's that's what it is. It's not like a, a specific strain of air pollution. It's just a way to say air pollution, usually visible air pollution. It's a portmanteau of oh. smog and oh. fog. So smog. Yes. 
It sounds like something we would come up with. We, we enjoy a portmanteau. Um, and smog has been around for a long time because pollution has been around for a long time, specifically like back to the Industrial Revolution. So industry was one of the main precipitators of <laughs> I remember when I was pollution. I remember when I was a little kid mm-hmm. and you would just throw your garbage out the window if you were in the car. God, like I'm, know, not, I'm not even no, no, I'm no, not but, kidding. But you know what's so funny? Because my parents always taught us that no, you never litter. Like that was yeah, that, in us. By the time you were born, that was starting to become like like what are we doing? We were also of the <laughs> so, reduce, reuse, recycle yes. generation. But could you imagine somebody doing that oh, today? No. Like how offended you'd be. It it, it would have um <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Steely Eyes Cody or whatever his name is. The Indian who cried in the commercial. Uh, American Indian who cried in the commercial. I think I mentioned this to you before. It's a famous commercial of like a Native American rowing down a river, talking about like Mother Earth and everything. And then somebody dumping no, ca- then he chemicals. Walks, <laughs> he walks by, um, he's like walking down a highway. Now we're talking a vintage commercial. This is like from the 70s. He's walking down a highway. Oh, oh, that one. And somebody throws a fast food bag out of their car and it falls at his feet and all this all this stuff falls out of the bag, you know. And he, he they, so they littered. And then they, they like zoom in close on him and he has like a tear <laughs> running down his cheek. And it's like humans... <laughs> cause pollution only humans can stop it yeah. or something like that and, and there was a time when that was normal well that's what's and, and then weird people were eventually like uh this has got to stop i know it's <laughs> and and now like i'm stunned anytime i see somebody throw something out of the window i'm like what the fuck is your problem you can even attest to this huh most of the time not every single time mm-hmm. i would say 99 percent of the time like, if I'm out in public smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. I don't just throw it when I'm done with it. I will yep. I'll, I'll scratch it out and find a garbage and throw it in the garbage. I'll give you 70%. Okay, I'm going to give myself 98. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could, because I have noticed that, yes, you try to. There's a fair amount of the time when you don't. Yeah, 2%. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, shall from, we get back to smoke? From my perspective. <laughs> okay. So you're not, th- you're, not, you're not thinking of my perspective. Okay. All right. To the smog of London. Yes. When certain types of pollutants are fed into the air by factories, some of the particles, like, hang out in the air. And this is the most common um, from certain sources of pollution, like cars, because of internal combustion engines, coal burning in factories... Mm coal there is no such thing as clean or beautiful coal for the fucking record i believe it's beautiful clean coal oh sorry beautiful clean coal motherfucking moron anyway <laughs> not you no no not no me. you know that but he's not as dumb as the people who believed it Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. okay <clears throat> um anyway this will not become the politics podcast <laughs> Um, So anyway, these sources of pollution produce more visible pollutants like nitrogen oxide, sulfur oxides, and smoke and dirt particles. And none of those sound like a No. Do you want to be breathing that shit in? No. So though there are are invisible pollutants too, like um, CFCs, chlorofluorocarbons, you know, which is like an aerosol spray. Remember when? Oh, okay. Like spray paint became... Aquanet. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, like, spray paint started to become vilified because of this people, type of pollutant CFC. People teased their hair so much in the 80s <laughs> that they put a hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> it wasn't just Aquanet, by the way. But, I think yeah. it was. And I think it was the pink one, not the blue. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, as we know, industrial... Well, as those of us who believe science know... Industrial-related air pollution is harmful to the environment and has contributed greatly to climate change, which is real, whether you believe it or not, just saying. But, of course, it can also be highly detrimental to the health of humans and other animals. Um, It is... Uh, it's just in general like an ongoing health concern. And even though we've made strides in attempts to regulate air pollution, the World Health Organization confirmed that 92% of the world's entire population lives in a place 
that exceeds a level of air pollution the WHO considers safe. God. 92% of us live in an area where our, our air quality is substandard. And you know where those 8% of the people are? They're like in native tribes, like in South Africa and Africa. In remote or, places, or, I would think. Or South America and Africa. That's. I would think in remote places, yeah. probably, for the most part. Or yeah. on a, you know... Antarctica? On a coastline, maybe Greens? like a yeah, yeah. That's probably actually that's probably too Iceland. Maybe, maybe. Um, so they also the WHO also estimates that about three million people worldwide die prematurely each year due to both outdoor and indoor pollution. So this is a three million person a year cause of death, which is terrible. Um, and about 90% of those deaths, and this is why it hasn't been fixed, just for the record, um, occur in low- and middle-income countries. Well, sure. The less yeah, rich naturally. the country, the yeah. higher the rate of death. Yeah. yeah. Um, other organizations have estimated annual premature global deaths due to air pollution to be more like 5 or 6 million per year. So it's possible the WHO's estimates are on the low end. So this shit's bad. Either way, I, I think we can... Uh officially declare that a problem. Yes, air pollution (laughs) equals bad. (laughs) The problem with smog... We need more of it. (laughs) The problem with smog in particular is that it's such a high concentration of uh, pollution in a very specific place. Oh, wait, I forgot something. More statistics, because we need it to be more depressing. Um, Also, according to the World Health Organization, worldwide air pollution accounts for 25% of all deaths and disease from lung cancer. Oh, God. Um, 16% of deaths from stroke and 15% of deaths and disease from ischemic heart disease. So it doesn't just kill you. It can hurt you, too. So anyway, back to smog, high concentration of air pollution in a specific place. It can be especially dangerous to children the elderly, sure. and anyone with heart or lung problems, right? So vulnerable people to uh, Child- their immune system in general, but also yeah. their respiratory system. Children's immune systems, especially their lungs, haven't developed yet. Old people's immune systems and lungs are burned out. Right, right. <laughs> and, and people who just have heart and lung problems yeah. are susceptible to further problems. So the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency here in the U.S., has developed an air quality index to give the public warnings about when it's best to avoid the outdoors or avoid exertion outdoors, especially for people who are vulnerable, like the populations we just mentioned, um, when pollution is at its worst. And it's a simple 1 to 10 scale. Green is, it goes from green to yellow to orange to red, and like one's the least harmful or like no problems, and 10 is severe um, pollution. And then there's also a plus sign at the end of the range. That means it could even get worse. It allow, it's an open-ended this scale. This is just, just kind of what they know. Yeah. Yeah. Is what they're going off. Um, and a lot of other countries have the same type of system, um, air quality indices. Did you like that word, indices? Indices. Yes, it's the plural of index. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> it's like a murder of crows. That's what a group of crows is called, a murder. Oh, I didn't. I don't think I knew that. How did I not know that? No, that's awesome. Okay. That's That's what it's called. Indices. Indices. (laughs) That's a bunch of index cards hanging out together. (laughs) What do the indices indicate about the murders of crows? Ah, Hmm. I'm not going to repeat that. Okay. (laughs) So now let's talk about London. So we, we know about the pollution and smog now. Now let's give some we know historical... About the, we know about the phenomena. Yeah. Now let's get into some historic context. God, this is insane. Yes. So, London, England, December 1952. What stands out to you about that time period? In England specifically. London, <sighs> even more specifically. I'm sure it's going to be something obvious. But the, you the, said the, the only oh, Well, it's post-World War II. Yes. I know that. And that is that plays a significant role here. Is, so... Um, is Churchill still prime oh, minister? Oh, God, I didn't look that up. Okay. I don't know. I don't know either if he still was at that or time. Or if he died at, by that point. Uh, Actually, no, I do think you he, know? Yes. <laughs> I think, no, I think Churchill died a couple decades after World War really? II. Really? I think so. He was kind of old. I don't old. know. I don't know. He didn't look to be in great health during World War II. When I say I'm a fan of history, that's mostly um, 
North American history. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know a ton about well, that part of the world, and, sadly. Uh, I can't answer any of these questions, but I can sort of explain a Section 199A deduction. She can. Yeah. She can do your taxes. I can. Especially because I know there's at least one person listening that still hasn't gotten them done. Oh, no. I hope you filed for your extension at mm, least. They didn't do that either. Oh. Anyways. Uh, back to <laughs> back to thousands of people dying oh, in, yeah, a, that. in a smog freak show. Right. right. So, yes, we're talking about post-war England, specifically seven years out of VE Day. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So yes. this, this is very much the rebuilding portion of England. And London was like ground zero in England during oh, yes. the war. Oh, the yeah. Germans blitzed the hell mm. out of London. So All of England... Yes, took, but but specifically, but the Port of London was the single most heavily targeted place in Britain during the bombings, and its docks were subjected to an estimated. Are you ready for this? Twenty five thousand bombs throughout the whole war. Yeah, like total. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but still, that like so. Yeah. And the first phase of restoration of the Port of London had just been completed two years prior in 1950. Wow, so that's actually pretty quick. Well, yeah, but they were. The point is, they were still working on sure. restoring England in general, but London specifically. So they were clearing out slums, creating new housing, and the population of London was pretty high at this point, around 8.2 million people. Wow. Yeah. That's a to, lot. To put of it people. in perspective, as of 2016, the population of London was 8.8 million. So it was almost the population it is today. That's crazy. And it experienced a dip in population Sh- between yeah. 52 and, and 2016, and then it went back up, you know, so it like dipped down and came back up. In fact, it started dipping down pretty much right after this, or pretty close to around this time. So I wonder if this had anything to do with it. Well, so have you ever heard of London Fog? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Is that where this is coming from? Yeah. Okay. So, so London Fog is a known phenomenon, so much so that there's a company called London Fog. Right? A clothing company? Oh, they make coats? Okay, yeah. Like trench coats? That's probably what Which, oh, okay. ironically, London Fog is an American company. So, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Anyway, going back as far as at least the 1600s, citizens of London, not exclusively, but notably in the UK, um, noticed the ill effects of coal smoke from house and factory chimneys mingling with the natural fog that occurred in the area. Oh. Hanging in the air and making it harder for people to breathe. Increased pollution led to what would become known as the famous pea soupers. Or, I don't know why I said pea soupers. <laughs> That's, that was a weird accent. Pea soup, pea super, or pea soup fog. That was also I, terrible. I don't have know. you never heard of pea super? Like, oh, it's a pea super. I have Even in old no movies, idea what you're is there talking anything about. like that? No. It's a fa- it's like a famous saying, especially back then, because it used to occur way more. Why do you look at me like I'm lying? <laughs> I'm just like, I've never heard of it. So there's a great old movie <laughs> that they used to show on AMC when I was a kid called... <laughs> You're like, oh, of I, course. I'm like, I never watched those. You know well, I didn't. Well, it a was a great super? movie. It was a 1960 movie, I think, called Midnight Lace with Doris oh, Day oh, and Rex Harrison is. featuring Myrna Loy. And it was about a woman who was walking in um, oh, a famous park. I forget what it's called. Anyway, um, in London at the very beginning of the movie. and As- she Asbury Park. No. I'm kidding. That's in New Jersey. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the only, that's the first park that came to my mind. Asbury Park? <laughs> not Pullen Park? Not something no, like Asbury Park? Springsteen, baby. Okay. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, back to Midnight Lace. She's walking in this pea super of a fog, and they call it that several times throughout the movie. And she hears this high-pitched, it's kind of funny, voice basically tell her she's alone, she can't see far in front of her, that they're going to kill her. And that's like this mystery intrigue movie. It's actually a really good movie. And Sounds Doris good. Day plays somebody who is just like breaking down better than any actor. 
in, back in the day. Anyway, I shall continue. Pea supers are a thing, or were a thing, especially back then. Okay. So in the, war, the, in the early winter of 1952, the weather was especially cold. So it was, it was an early winter. It was starting to get really cold. And in 1952, when you're at home and the weather is cold, you light a fire in your fireplace and burn coal in your furnace. That's just, yeah, that, that's so crazy. Yeah. Now, at this time, again, post-war London, the coal being used by citizens tended to be of a pretty low quality. I'm sure. Which was a sulfurous variety or sulfurous variety. Because the, the good stuff they needed for, like, executive offices and stuff. Well, and or I, I, I can't speak to that. Just it was obviously a, a more economically depressed time oh, post-war. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. they were, they, that was what they had available. Um, so a larger amount of sulfur dioxide was released in the smoke from these furnaces when the coal was burned as opposed to high-quality coal. And also, just that summer, like in 1952, London had completely abandoned its previously planned electric tram system and replaced the trains with diesel buses. So this increase of pollution along with the usual car exhaust and industrial pollution created a high overall level of air pollution that winter. All right? So now let's get to the small... On December 4th, 1952, an anti-cyclone settled over London, which I had never heard about before. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically a high-pressure system that significantly clears and cools the air, which makes the air contract slightly and become more dense. Okay. It's also associated with creating fog. And this particular anticyclone caused a temperature inversion, which meant that cooler air was kind of like trapped on closer or on the surface, on the ground, with like a lid of warmer air on the top. Um, so the cooler air was trapped below and was particularly stagnant. So there wasn't like a breeze going through or wind going through here. Uh, it was very still. It sounds, yeah, it sounds, like, uncomfortable. Yes, like it stifling, just, right? Yeah. Except it was cold. It wasn't yeah. hot stifling, but, it, yes, it was stifled. Um, and this anticyclone did create fog. So this fog that was trapped in this temperature inversion mixed with the chimney smoke and the factory smoke and the vehicle exhaust and the sulfur from the cheap coal and basically just covered the city of London in, like, a big, smoggy, icky blanket. So... With a lid on top. <laughs> with a, Yes, a heat lid on top. Now, Londoners initially did not panic in the face of this event. First of all, they're British. British people don't panic. <laughs> That's a broad sweeping <laughs> statement, but I've never they, seen a British person panic. They don't die either, as we've seen with all of their rock stars. They're all still alive, every single one of them. Not John Lennon. But we killed him. Yeah. He died in America. Of gun violence. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably the most American way to die. Yes. He went out like a champ. Um, So. But other than that, all the um, rest of them are alive. If Keith Richards is still alive, yeah, there's some good genes, so. And Keith was probably in this fog, and he's just like, oh, this is great, man. That's true. He would have been, probably would have been a kid back then, yeah. So, Londoners... This is the explanation. (laughs) Yes. Londoners were used to these pea super fogs. Um, Unfortunately, this one was a lot worse than the usual thick fogs. It was so thick, people couldn't see more than a few yards, or for those in anywhere else in the world, meters. (laughs) Meters. Meters. In front of their faces. So, like, you couldn't see more than, like... Couldn't see across this room. Yeah, not really. Like, ten feet, yeah. Because it was so bad, not many vehicles were on the road because you really couldn't see well enough to drive. And the new buses, the new diesel buses, couldn't run. And the only public transportation the city did run was the subway, the tube, the underground. Mm -hmm. Because it was underground, at least. Unfortunately, a side effect of not many vehicles being on the road was that there were no disturbances in the fog either. Nothing was moving and pushing and clearing out this fog. Obviously, the subway is not going to do that either because it's underground. underground. Exactly. So that just sort of exacerbated it, or at best didn't, like, hasten its demise. 
The pollution was so bad, it literally started leaking into buildings. Oh, that's creating, disgusting. Yeah. Oh, just keep listening. Oh. Um, it made places like theaters close because people couldn't see the screen or oh the stage God. through the fog. Indoors. Yeah. Indoors, yeah. It's just like... Like through osmosis, it's like going through like... Every yes. oh my god, and it left like is... greasy grime indoors. Oh. oh, it just the 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 descriptions are horrible. Conditions even deteriorated to the point people couldn't see even more than like a yard in front of their faces, like yeah. a meter. Oh my god! So you could only see a couple feet, and that was about it. This is oh my! This is just disgusting. Isn't it awful? Now at night, it was basically like pitch fucking black outside and impossible to walk outside because the streetlights at this time were fitted with incandescent bulbs which could not penetrate through the fog. Sure. So they're basically useless. Um, Some people were able to get masks like at the pharmacy or the the chemists. Um, At the pharmacy that they were probably already at and they're like what the fuck is this? Okay, I'll take one of those. (laughs) Well, and people also wear cloth like oh, sure. scarves yeah. around their mouths, yeah. a nose. That's true. It is London. Pretty much everybody has a scarf on. I'm well, sure. Yeah. Um, to protect Not themselves oh. while they were breathing from while outside. When people did venture outside, they had to be careful walking down the sidewalks because a greasy black oh. ooze covered the sidewalks. Isn't that disgusting? It is. This is all. And we just went through um, pollen season. Mm-hmm. There's still here remnants. Here in North Carolina. There's still remnants of it. Which does happen in other it. places, but yeah. It does. Pine pollen specifically here. But is here it is... Just look up pine pollen in Raleigh. And Everything turns yellow. Yes. Like dusted with yellow for a couple weeks. And it's... It's gross. It's a bit... I mean, like, I always wake up a little stuffed up. And Everyone just, does, like, pretty much. sneeze a lot and stuff, and that's... And people with allergies but it's really not, suffer. But it's not going to kill me. No. It does leave a residue, but it eventually washes away. Right. Like, all we need and is, it's not greasy. No, it's powdery. This is, this is just... And, this and at is least some, this is natural. I was know. just going to say, and it's also something just nature does on its own. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's a natural phenomenon. Oh. Air pollution is not natural. So, I, yeah. See, I have heard of this. Mm-hmm. I did not know, oh, I know the, the details. Of how disgusting this Could is. You, this stuff is coming through walls. It's coming into your house. Well, I imagine it's mostly it's, like seeping through doorways, getting in through yeah. windows, things like that. But yeah. And this is still when London, in particular, but a lot of Europe is still oh, yeah. in bad shape. Oh yeah, still in reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's said that people coming home after being outside in this smog. Smog looked like coal miners coming back oh, from a day God. at work. <laughs> Isn't that horrid? Isn't that just I terrible? I, I cannot imagine. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, uh, it just sounds, it sounds like it shut, like, it pretty much shut down the city, too. I mean, who can work in that? Well, yeah. Who can get yeah. around in that? Like, there's no public transport. Imagine being a person on that subway and let's say you're going from one end of town to the next, mm-hmm. and then you come up from out of there, and you're like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is... Go- like, what the... <laughs> what the what? What the fuck? But then, yeah. you're, but then you're like, oh, let me go back down into the subway. The air is better down here. <laughs> right? Like, let's go underground for yeah, better air. That's never been said, except for in that instance. Right? <laughs> yes. So- it smells like pee down here. It's so much better. <laughs> Kids were kept out of school... Because of fears, they would get lost in the smog. Yeah. Literally just disappear. And then when they got to school, they'd look like coal miners. <laughs> yes. And then somebody would have been like, well, go dig. <laughs> right? Um, crime went up, too. Yeah. Especially burglaries and purse snatchings. Sure. Because criminals could just escape into yeah. the smog and no one would know where they went. Hopefully so. they were some of the people that died, too. They probably, and they probably well, were. Well. Um, now, this, I thought, was was really interesting. So football games, soccer games, to us in America, um, were canceled because obviously they're taking place outside. (laughs) But Oxford and Cambridge went ahead with their annual match at Wimbledon Common. So imagine this. This smog that I've been describing, they're they're going ahead and playing a football game, a soccer game, in this smog. So here's what they did. (laughs) This is hilarious. They had officials on the field 
at, at either end, calling to them so they could orient themselves to know oh, which way I to see go. What, yeah. So, like, an official... Like, um, come here, chat. Yes. Um, they'd be like, <clears throat> Oxford this way, and then Cambridge this way. <laughs> That's how they had to play their soccer game. Come on, lads, put on your... <laughs> Whatever, cleats. whatever, yeah, your, your cleats, whatever British people say, I don't even know. <laughs> Run this way, lads, this way. But can you imagine trying to play? Imagine playing a hockey game and you can't see more than like three feet in front of your face. The, the, no. A lot of injuries, I would Hell imagine. Hell yeah, you'd, you'd run into the boards, you'd run into each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be dangerous as shit. Yes. So despite the, oh, plus all the, the, the black junk and ooze oh, yeah. on the and ground. They're breathing it all in, yes. running around. It have been good Come for on, them. lad, get through that smoke, lad. <laughs> run. Run, lad. <laughs> run to me. <laughs> McMaster, run to me. <laughs> Despite the awful environmental conditions. Shooter. <laughs> Shooter. <laughs> that, that guy was Australian, but it's, it's close was enough. Was he Australian? Yeah, I think, yeah. Okay, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Um, dis- <laughs> Actually, he's going to be very disappointed in us. <laughs> Despite the awful environmental conditions outside, the real toll of this fog was not accounted for until after it ended. Sure, because the who's going to go out in the middle of this and check it? I mean, you can't. What are you going to do? Or who's running numbers at yeah. this point of death? So anyway, God. the fog was finally swept away by a strong wind plus a change in weather conditions, on December 9th, five days after it had started. In the weeks following the fog, hospitals and other medical facilities compiled their data and came to find that the fog had killed 4,000 people. At its peak, around December 7th and 8th, roughly 900 people were dying each day at a result of, as a result of the smog. But the deaths didn't stop when the fog lifted. Uh, in the following months, people continued to die from illnesses contracted as a direct sure. result from the smog, oh, yeah. which is what you mentioned before. Absolutely. Most of the deaths were caused by respiratory infection, mm-hmm. hypoxia, which do you know what that is? I don't know. It's a lack of proper oxygen supply in the oh. body. So it's like a weird so it's like your body bodily is suffocation. Yeah. Yeah, not just the Withering from yeah. like the inside yeah, out. Oh. And very disgusting. That's going to affect your blood. That's going to affect oh, yeah, everything. Your limbs, yes. yeah, the whole, and your organs, absolutely. Oh, God. And this is really disgusting. People also died from airway blockages caused by pus being coughed oh, up. Oh, Jesus. So aspirating or, yeah, choking. Choking to death. Yeah. Yeah. On your own lung crap. On your own pus. <laughs> that's what they did. That's a bad way to go, yeah. yeah. The smog, especially. We, we, we don't sanitize things here. We sure as fuck don't. Um, The smog especially took a toll, unsurprisingly, on young kids, Kids. the elderly, and people with respiratory problems. I mean, obviously, it makes sense. We talked about that before. People who smoked heavily, which were many, given the time period, it was 1952, were especially vulnerable because they already had impaired lung function. So they were among the people with respiratory problems who died or were more likely to die as a result so that's just a mention that if you smoke you do have impaired lungs Mm -hmm. and if you quit smoking your lungs repair themselves within a couple of years okay yeah see i you're doing good i'm doing good yes you can have some For those who who don't understand why that... What just happened. Yeah, why why this bit of the conversation is is going on. David is a smoker. Mm Mm-hmm. I am not, nor have I ever been. Um, And I'm I'm really good about not nagging you about it, right? You are. Yes. I love you. I I, married you as a smoker. Yes, I love you too. Yeah. (laughs) Let's continue. Anyway, (laughs) shout out to my mom. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> in the year or so following the smog, the death toll was estimated to be somewhere around 6,000. So they upped their estimates as time wore on. More people died from illnesses, complications related to the actual period of the fog. However, more recent research puts the estimates much higher, like I said, between like eight and up to 12,000. Plus, you're talking about a city of 8 million plus people. Mm-hmm. 
It's really not that many people out of 8 million. Out of million. that many. So yeah. I'm guessing the toll is even higher than it, that. It could be. It's just estimates tend to be in that range. 12,000 sure. was the highest I saw God. and the most common number I saw. So. Okay. Um, but you know that this cut a lot of people's lives short. Oh, people that went through we'll it. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> so um, another reason that they didn't really get like even that 6,000 number Mm -hmm. was basically half of what was eventually presumed to be the number of deaths uh, back then is what they the estimate they came to but they also initially thought a lot of the deaths from this specific um event was an outbreak of the flu so they actually attributed a lot of these deaths from respiratory or heart failure. So that was going on, on on top of it? No. It, there wasn't a flu outbreak. Oh, they I were thought... thinking there was a flu gotcha. outbreak. Gotcha. When there wasn't. I mean, it was flu season. It was December. So it would make sense if they didn't really understand the full effects of air pollution on human health to think, Which 19... well, there's got to be... Right, 52. 1952, I'm sure they did. Right. So they were thinking maybe, okay, what could be causing this? And because of the symptoms, they were, and the timing, and, and the people most effective, the people with compromised immunity, immunity or, or young, the very young, the very old, very similar to the flu in general sure. when, when there's flu outbreaks. So. And yeah, almost almost 70 years ago. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, probably, what people, that's probably what people's first instinct was, was, right. oh, Plus, we're talking years before the internet and centralized data. So, like, hospitals weren't able to really communicate with each other very well or share data as, oh, we're seeing this. Yeah, we're seeing So, epidemiology was in a different place. It was... So, there's a lot of reasons lot this of wasn't initially were correctly reported. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the in the UK. Yes. Post-World War II UK. Yep. So not only were thousands of deaths caused by this smog, but it's estimated that the health of thousands of others were also affected, especially children born during or just oh, after yeah. this period oh, God, yeah. whose mothers were exposed to the smog. There was a 20% increase in the rate of asthma in children after this smog. I'm surprised that's all it was. Right? Well, it's still that's hugely significant. Yeah, it is. You know? Yeah. There was also, this I found really interesting, a dip in higher education levels and an increase in unemployment in adulthood for children who are alive during this time. Okay. Like a five or four, four or five percent dip, dip in employment and dip in education levels, leading to the conclusion that the smog may have caused developmental problems for those born or very young during this time, affecting them long into their adulthoods. And if that's the case, that's like a domino effect. Mm-hmm. If they were born with developmental um, impairments, that that could have led to certain outcomes for their children. You know, so this the it's not out of you know, lying to say that this smog is still affecting London to this or England to this day. People. Oh no, that's 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 completely fair game. Yeah, from a health perspective. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just think about. I mean, just there was a twenty percent increase in asthma, Mm -hmm. and that. I mean, that's gonna keep. Yeah, like this is. This so, is the craziest fucking thing I think I've ever heard. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty, and and because of that, the the full impact will never really be known. Like, <clears throat> okay, to, to go into a diatribe, very very quick one. <laughs> like anybody, I'm just drink my quadruple. There you go. Anybody who kind of, I don't, I'm, I really think people understand enough to know that obviously humans cause some sort of impact on the environment because we're an animal and all animals do all animals affect the environment in different ways you, right you just do right you know you're going to consume something you're going to consume an apple or mm-hmm. whatever even if but you just stood there your entire life until you died your dead body would affect the it, environment it would eventually yes <laughs> yeah. it would yes things would grow off of it um but Anybody who is going to be adamant that human beings have no effect on climate at all, mm-hmm. just read them this story. It's just like, this is completely... Well, this is a specific event. They would probably be more willing to accept an isolated event sure. versus saying that this affects like 
climate change and, and things. No, no, no. I'm not talking about climate change. Oh, you just mean I'm talking about human pe- beings there and are people on out oh. there on Twitter. There are lots of them that no. are like humans have no effect on climate whatsoever. Well, they're idiots. Because yeah. even just climate change deniers would generally agree that like, oh yeah, smog's a thing and this has happened and yeah. hurt people and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Look at photos of New York City in the early 1970s. Well. <laughs> or L.A. Or L.A. LA in, uh, in the freaking late in the 80s. 70s. Yeah. There was a uh, a Quincy episode called To Clear the Air that was about pollution and air quality. Sure. Yeah. And and Quincy was seeing a lot of, like, kids dying from oh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's just... Ugh. So now let's talk about the reaction. I don't have a ton on this, but... The Great Smog of London and just the sheer number of deaths it caused, because even if they only thought it was 6,000 versus the actual potentially 12,000 or beyond, that's still a lot of dead people. It became a catalyst for reconsidering public policy on air pollution. I fucking hope so. Now, unfortunately, um, as with most things, it took a little longer for officials to really act on it. Because, again, the initial death toll was underestimated. There was the lingering idea that, oh, whatever, it was just another pea super. You know, it was just a type of fog that we're used to. And the government was initially hesitant to take any action for economic <laughs> reasons, as you just indicated with your hand motion. Yep. But, ev- but eventually, the Parliament of the United Kingdom finally implemented legislation, the Clean Air Act of 1956. So it took like... Took Three four and a half, years. four years, yeah. yeah. To address the pollution concerns from the 1952 smog. And the legislation did have an impact. Domestic emissions were reduced because of so-called smoke control areas that were imp- implemented, especially in London. What were you going to say? Shocking. Right, that it works. <laughs> so they put um, what um, some politicians like to call regulations. Uh-huh. But what they are really, right? Th- what they should be called anyway, are either public or workplace safety standards. In this case, it would be public, mm-hmm. for sure. They put in place a public safety standard, and right. geez, what do you know? It worked. So, like, one of the things they did was incentivize individuals to um, swap out their coal furnaces mm-hmm. for, sure. um, like, gas furnaces sure. or electric heating. So there was subsidies for that. Um, and coal use subsequently, or accordingly, decreased as electric, electricity and gas were increasingly used. And the coal that was used moving forward tended, there is no clean coal, but it was cleaner, as in it didn't... It was better. It, it wasn't awful. Yeah. It wasn't good, but it wasn't the awful sulfur type. So it was a lower sulfur content. That's probably what people mean by the clean coal, is that it's not shit. That you're burning into the air. It's just grossness that you're burning into the air. Right. <laughs> it's not salt. It's, it's, not, it's not grossness and shit. It's just right. it's, it's just grossness. Right. So the Great Smog of 1952 and the subsequent Clean Air Act of 1956 were also viewed as the beginning of the modern environmentalist movement. So, like, sure. we think of in the the origin of the environmentalist movement, especially in the U.S., as being, like, the hippies of the 60s, the mm-hmm. Vietnam War era, and into the and, 70s. I mean, and it was. They were yes. the ones mm-hmm. that pushed it mm-hmm. through. But this is thought to be one of the really early, like, inceptions of that. This movement. was an event that fucking killed 12,000 people. Mm-hmm. And you know it's more. P- potentially. Um, Certainly affected mm-hmm. way more. In the span of five days. Yeah. That's, just think about that. Yeah. Like, if you went out, just think about it, wherever you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. If you went outside right now, you, you'd have a chance of dying. Just think about that. Right. From the air. Right. Yeah, just breathing. Just from That's breathing. That's fucking crazy. So, the Clean Air Act of 1956 was the first countrywide legislation in the world that addressed air quality. And specifically, and, and put not. restrictions and regulations yeah. in place on both citizens and industries to regulate the environment. So it was a landmark sure. legislation. Here's an example oh of a pea super. God. Just so you see. That's Big that's Ben. That's Big Ben. <laughs> Parliament. People who have seen a National European, or National Lampoon's European Vacation will get that reference. I have not. I still have never seen a it's full. Big Ben. Parliament. I was going to say I've never seen a full National Lampoon movie, but I saw Animal House, and that was National Yes, Lampoon. yes it was. I watched it with my dad. My dad loves that movie, but I didn't get it. That is just, that's disgusting. Yeah. 
Because that's and, not... it, and it looks and the skyline. Think like think in your mind what the, the skyline sky looks. Line. The skyline. Yeah. The skyline looks like today. It's gorgeous. The London skyline. Yes. yes. <laughs> it looks nothing yes. like that. Well, it's not covered in smog. In black, brown yeah. residue. And, so what I ugh. thought was especially interesting in researching this is I had I had heard of pea supers, um, and I always assumed that it was just fog. That that was the phenomenon back then was it was just fog. London was known to be foggy, but no, we're not talking just normal fog. This was smog. It was London Smog, not London Fog. Yeah. But London Smog doesn't make as good of a company name as No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> I'm going to guess nobody's going to wear something that says London, London, London Smog. Smog. This is my London Smog trench. <laughs> Let me get in my Mercedes with my newly purchased bags of London Smog. Mm. My Burberry Chap. coat in my London Chap. Smog umbrella. Grab my London Smog bags, please. Chip, chip, chitty-o and all with, that silly sort of rot. I'm going to go to holiday. Go on holiday go on for fortnight. <laughs> Akshay I hope is, he doesn't listen to this episode. I hope he does because he will be <laughs> laughing so hard by now. We really are two of the most American people I know. We are. And the fun thing is uh, you can pick on other white people and you're not racist. So that's just the added bonus. Well, we can pick on other <laughs> Americans and we're not nationalists because... That's because that's we're picking on people who are all white. Well, on, on ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're very white America because we are white and American. Eminem had a song called White America. Really? He did. And he wrote it right after 9-11. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Very con- what a controversy. Uh, yeah, a controversy. 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 So, that was the story of the Great London Smog. Yeah, that is... Mm. And can I tell you, that's why I had that Warren Zevon song stuck in my head. So I was thinking, oh, great smog of London. (laughs) Oh, that's what I was thinking. The whole time I was researching it, I was just thinking, great smog of London. You never know. That could have been the original chorus. (laughs) Maybe. But then he was like, people won't know what I'm talking about. And he talks about like running into Lon Chaney and stuff, doing the werewolves of London and all that. I don't know who's Lon Chaney. What? What? You don't know who Lon Chaney? I've heard that he name. He was an old actor who played. Oh God, who was it? it was like Frankenstein or the Wolfman? Oh, Man. you know, known yes. for playing like horror yes. movie. I know I've heard villains. that name. Okay, mm-hmm. now I know what you're talking about. Back in the really old days, yes, like, like the 30s and 40s. Yes, yes, or even maybe 20s, and probably going back to vaudeville and that era, and possibly yeah. before talkies. An old dude. I don't know. Very old. The guy that's I'm gonna guess is dead now. Lon Chaney. Oh yes, okay. I don't see how he could be. <laughs> Alive. <laughs> well, you never know. Physically, I don't think that's possible but if the, the London smog didn't kill him. But, the, I mean, just really think about that. 12,000 people died, roughly, estimated. Because of the air. Because the air was so like fucked suffocated up. them, essentially. Yes. Well, hypoxia, yes. Yeah. And l- infection. The, the air either poisoned them, infected them smothered them essentially mm-hmm. or made them choke to death yeah, okay, like yeah. that's the main isn't that disgusting and awful and, and horrid like because and it, kids and old people and like people with because it would, problems breathing problems and it also just got everywhere it yes, got inside it your every, house it got inside you your business just go inside and be safe no no because that's the thing this was an outdoor and indoor pollution event yeah yeah <sighs> Can you imagine trying to keep your house clean at that point? Ugh, that's just. Well, you know, honestly, you know, people probably had like a, like a, a brighter mindset of they're like, well, we just went through World War II, whatever. That's probably what they. That's well, probably what some I mean, thought. Well, that's that's the thing too. Like, remember when I said that um, initially, London. Well, actually, eventually, like Londoners didn't panic at this. No. Part of it was because they were used <laughs> to these horrible they, fogs. They had just been through panic. And they had, yeah, just been through way worse. So they were probably pretty damn gritty people at this point. Well, still are. Yes. I mean, yeah. From from my experience and knowledge, like, Americans are the fragile little butterflies. And um, people from the United Kingdom are rather stoic and very, like, eh, we've seen worse. <laughs> 
<laughs> which there's something really admirable about that. And I'm sure there are fragile butterflies in England too. And there's lots of stoic people in America. I'm not trying to generalize too much. I'm complimenting <laughs> you, England, don't you see? Are you odd? Hard, that's how they say hard in, in British accent. Hard. Hard. Like hard. Like are you hard? Like not Hardened? Yes. No, <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't mean like that. <laughs> Don't do that hand gesture. <laughs> I was just listening to the last podcast on the left about Rasputin, so please, we don't need to be talking oh. about people being hard. No, I, I did not get there. Interesting. Okay. okay. Anyway, that was the Great Smog of London. I have, um, like I said, been working towards um, catching us up. We're recording this a full solid week before it's coming out. And so. It's been a while since we've done that. Yes. Since we've kind of had one on the shelf. Yes. It's it's nice, frankly. Um and I'm getting pretty close to being done with the research for the next episode. Would you like a hint? Sure. It's going to be a terrible, it's such a terrible hint, but it's the only one I can think of. Ready? Okay. Is it a song again? No. Okay. Gobble, gobble. Okay, a turkey. The country of turkey? I'll leave it at that. Maybe. Okay. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> yes. And lots of pronunciation. <laughs> oh, that okay. I, I always look forward to that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not lots, but some. Anyway. Okay, even some. All right. Shall we wrap it up so I can finish my beer? See, uh, look. Ooh. I'm about halfway done. Maybe two-thirds. You are. That's a, that's a dangerous beer. <laughs> it is a dangerous beer because I'm already feeling it and I'm only like halfway through. So. It's a 14 percenter, folks. It so you can only imagine what's going to happen later. Thanks, Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a Sunday night edition slash Monday morning edition. I think this is the first time we've ever recorded on a Sunday night. It might be, but it's not for tomorrow. It's yes. for next week. Yes. Yeah. But it's a, uh, I have tomorrow and Tuesday off. That's right. This is our my, Friday night. On my new schedule. Yes. So this is literally like a Friday night to me. Yeah. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Is it is weird. Really weird. And, We're and Friday, all thrown off. And Friday was like a Monday, which yeah. was even weirder. Anyway, yeah. all that aside, <laughs> <laughs> That was the 1952 London Smog Incident. No. What? That's a terrible name. What? It was the Great Smog of London. In That's so much catchier. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That was I couldn't the, remember the 1952 official. London Smog Incident. Come on, the can Great I, Smog of London. Can I do it in a 1950s transatlantic accent? <laughs> yes, you can. That was the 1952 London Smog no, Incident. No, no, just say it say? the right, Great Smog of London. That was the 1952 Great Smog of London. For all bad things, I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week. Cheerio. That was terrible. <laughs>